Hello and welcome to Horns Up and today we are trying out a completely new format. It's called Versus and what we do on Versus is pit one album against another and somewhere, somehow try and rationally pick one of the two. Peter, ever done that before? Well, I have but it's never been by the same band. So, especially since we're both huge fans of the band, I'm quite excited about this. Yeah, of course. I mean, who as fans... We've always had these discussions, right? I like this album more or I like that album more, right? We've always had that. So we're taking that informal survey that's, and we're trying to make it into a bit more formal. But uh, so we're putting a process to it. What that process entails is essentially, first, let's talk about how we're picking the albums that will eventually feature on Versus. First up, they have to have some kind of similarity between them, which means they're either from the same band or they have some significance between the two in terms of creating a new sound or creating a new genre or maybe being seen as signature sounds or something of that sort. And secondly, and more importantly, they have to have an equal number of tracks. The idea over here, ladies and gentlemen, is to pit each track against the other in the order of appearance and then talk about the artwork and the overall album experience. So now that the rules... Uh, I, just, I just did an air quote, but obviously no one can see that. Uh, now that the rules are established, let's have some fun. What we are doing on Versus today is we are upping the irons. We are pitting Power Slave against Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Yep, the mighty Iron Maiden is being put to the test. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we're just the two of us, so definitely there's a chance that uh, it ends up being a hung jury. So, to add some finality to our judging, we decided to rope in another fellow metalhead who's probably one of India's biggest Iron Maiden fans ever. Say hello to Nolan Lewis, frontman for Nama Bengaluru's old school thrash band, Kryptos. Yo, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> You're still wearing your Liverpool t-shirt. I mean, yeah, come on. <laughs> Savoring the good times, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be on my on myself another one week or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before before we even begin this, Nolan, uh, you're known as uh, one of India's biggest Iron Maiden fans, and so much so that you've appeared on film and have cemented your place in a documentary about it. Yeah, embarrassingly so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, first up. Uh, what does Iron Maiden mean to you? Oh man, <laughs> if you guys have three hours, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to put it briefly, Iron Maiden and Judas Priest are pretty much, you know, my backbone when it comes to music and pretty much everything. And Iron Maiden was the first metal band I ever listened to. And uh, yeah, it, they're the band that actually got me started with metal. It, they've always been there throughout the years. I mean, I've never, I, I don't think I've ever gone and, a week, or maybe a few days without listening to Iron Maiden. And, you know, they've basically shaped my entire outlook on life. They've they've introduced me to so many different subjects, the, you know, <clears throat> the way of writing songs, like what we do with our band. And they've had such, an, such a huge influence on me personally, lyrically, musically, everything, the way they do their things. I mean, the way they tour, the way they where the band works, everything. I mean, I, I can't really... Put, you know how much they mean to me you know in in such a short span of time but yeah i mean they are they are pretty much everything that a metal band should be you know 
completely agree with you on yeah. that man i mean i think animation i've spent enough time kind of talking about our shared love for animation yeah it's it's podcast. weird that uh, on the on the podcast on each and every episode we've somehow managed to either mention iron maiden in it or allude to iron maiden in some manner yeah i mean and it's not just us it's practically every person that we talk to yeah apart from johan grossman who ended up <laughs> getting into metal thanks to cannibal corpse but <laughs> everybody else everybody else notes iron maiden as one of their gateway bands yeah so you can imagine the influence right it's it's insane it's they are pretty much everybody's uh, go to band you know the bread and butter of heavy metal <laughs> so having said that how excited are you about doing this i'm totally albums is better right. than doing phone interviews <laughs> <laughs> okay so a bit of a backgrounder for each album uh power slave is the fifth studio album by iron maiden it was released on 3rd september 1984 which means it'll be 35 years old in 2019 Seventh Son of a Seventh Son is the seventh studio album and was released on April uh, 11th April 1988 which means it turned 30 this year. Uh two albums out and out should we begin this exercise both obviously the common points both of them have eight songs both have very weird egyptian magic themes to them. Of course there's a lot of difference between the two as well but uh, I think that's why there's they're both thematically a bit similar would you guys agree on that do they make for a decent enough versus pick you could you could pretty much compare any two iron maiden albums but yeah i get so coming from you know they both have this mystical theme running through both of them you know so it's it's kind of cool that we picked yeah. both of these so let's get into it then first up the first songs the opening songs on both the albums we have aces high from power slave and moon child from seven son of a seven son peter which one do you pick and why well for me i'm a bit biased i'm going to put that uh, out there because uh, power slave was you know one of the first iron maiden albums i heard and i can still remember first time kind of putting in that burned cd that i had of power slave listening to aces high man that feeling just trying to figuring it out you know the bass intro and stuff like that and it still gives me the chills listening to it and my pick no surprise is aces high but just on the basis of you know as an opening track it's strong you know that killer chorus that you can sing along to and that's one thing i really love and you'll keep hear me saying it about most iron maiden songs is that no matter what it is you can sing along to it it has that sing along factor to it plus the solos on uh, aces high man i mean it's kind of template in a way if you think about it it has all those factors that make really a strong iron maiden track so it's aces high for me okay aces high for peter what about you nolan Oh, it's it's a it's a very difficult decision, but uh, I think you know Aces I will probably slightly shade it, mainly because uh, I mean when I was growing up, uh, I used to watch the live after death video like pretty much every day, and Aces I started out the show, and you know it <clears throat> it just the way it starts and just the way the song flows, you know you just want to like I mean that is one of the quintessential. 
heavy metal songs you know it's it it's everything heavy metal should be it's it's got it all it's got killer riffs there's a killer <clears throat> there's killer bass playing in it uh, bruce dickinson's vocals are like off the charts killer solo everything everything about it is kick ass and it's it's short it's sweet you know it's to the point and it's it if you ask me it's it's, it's probably a perfect it's the perfect concert opener you know <clears throat> but on the other hand moonchild kind of what i love about moonchild is <clears throat> because it's so it's so dark and <clears throat> the lyrics are you know so mystical and occultish and that played a big role in you know influencing the way i write lyrics and stuff like that and i've always been fascinated with the darker side of things and yeah moonchild i mean when i first heard seventh sun and you know it starts off with seven deadly sins seven ways and all that stuff and you know it, it immediately drew me in and as the song progresses it just gets darker and darker and uh, there's a killer solo and i think adrian smith plays that it's some yep. an absolutely yep. mind bending solo and uh, i know just just something so uh, i i don't know how to say it you know it's it's almost like they tapped into this weird uh dimension that's not exactly on this planet you know it's it's like it's like they're looking into a crystal ball and they like all you know put dip their hands in it and you know dabble in some sort of mumbo jumbo and stuff and come with this <laughs> but yeah i mean it's a very close call but i'll just out of just you know nostalgia factors nostalgia value i'll have to go with aces i okay uh i actually go with moonchild it is uh, and 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 hear me out on this so both of you raised very valid points right uh, about aces high having killer riffs aces high being a tight small crisp song uh, aces high having brilliant bruce uh, performance brilliant solos moonchild has all of that and moonchild has even more variety than aces high does and moonchild isn't as overexposed as aces high is and that's me like being that, that that's me yeah, being yeah. absolutely like finicky yeah. about it but moonchild to me is the better song of the two i mean th- okay let, let me put another filter to this aces high is a stereotypical steve harris song it is penned by steve harris and it's very evident that it's a steve harris song moonchild is not a steve harris song it's written by bruce dickinson and adrian smith and it shows i completely see where you're coming from because if you kind of look at it and if you look through their discography th- when you look at few of these songs and you kind of analyze them you can kind of tell the pattern exactly there. yeah yeah but anyways so, so we are off to a pretty good start here i'm going with moonchild the both of you are going with aces i <laughs> but i actually agree with you i mean it's <laughs> of course it's a super close call for me too because so uh, moonchild is moonchild yeah. and yeah but it's just really fine margin it's like you can split it with a hair probably yeah actually yeah uh, that's right you can actually split it by a, uh, split it with a hair okay completely okay so moving on track number 2s on both you have 2 minutes to midnight from power slave versus infinite dreams from seven sun nolan you want to take the first shot yeah i mean <coughs> this is infinite dreams by a mile I mean <laughs> ah, I love you. <laughs> Infinite Dreams is one of the best I mean it's one of the best metal songs ever written. I mean that <clears throat> the lyrics 
the the way the song flows the solo the the twin harmonies are i mean you know if <laughs> if i could jizz on the screen right now i would <laughs> <laughs> it's just i mean that song is absolutely perfect there's i can't find a single flaw in that song whatsoever it's it's exactly how you write in you know a heavy metal song with with um dynamics atmosphere the everything it's it's got it's a masterclass in songwriting if you ask me two minutes to midnight of course super great song great lyrics um it's it's again it's like a, it's a your typical heavy metal song quick shot to the point and yeah it's, it's of course it's also one of my favorite iron maiden songs because that's one of the first few i mean that was considering i grew up with live after death that was right after aces high and stuff so but infinite dreams is it's an absolute masterpiece i don't think there are many songs in iron maiden's discography that can touch you know the flawlessness of that song what about you peter i gave my pick away definitely i'm going with infinite <laughs> dreams too so i think i'm going to be in the minority there i for me it's again 2 minutes to midnight and i guess for me the way i look at it also is just uh because we i've seen them twice live and you know surprisingly we picked these two albums because when we saw them on the last tour they did both or it is the last time i saw them they did both the uh the setlist combined of both these albums and yeah man watching 2 minutes to midnight live <laughs> it's something else i mean i should remember like imagine tens of thousands of people just screaming out those lyrics yeah that's that's actually a bummer i i i wish i wish the band would do infinite dreams yeah uh live a lot more but yeah. i can understand why they don't choose to because that song isn't an easy song to play yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. on the made in england uh the, the concert and that one yeah and it's a, it's a really tough song to sing as well yeah uh actually wait a question here uh with the with the three guitarists have they ever attempted infinite dreams no right right i don't think there should be three guitars anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a whole, a whole different debate <laughs> man that's a whole different debate <laughs> okay yeah. yeah no but definitely infinite dreams um as a bass player i love what steve harris is doing on the bass in this there's so much of variation going on it really brings his uh brings his forte and what he does right up there in the mix and even on and just everywhere and uh, following moonchild and the way moonchild just segues directly into infinite dreams it's uh, it's a brilliant one and two itself they have to be treated as a combo in my book you can't have one without the other uh but yeah infinite dreams for me which then moves us on to track number 3s uh tracks number 3 which are lost for words big aura and uh versus can i play with madness i think you should take this one animesh ha <laughs> ah, okay so you can see the pattern here right i'm definitely biased towards seven son of a seven son <laughs> but yes on this one i will i will end up picking can i play with no yeah i will have to pick can i play with madness only because lost for words even though it's an instrumental it isn't that punchy of a complete song because it is an instrumental i'll compare it to the previous maiden instrumentals so previously to this uh, maiden had recorded transylvania that was an instrumental right yeah. from iron maiden 
and that as an instrumental works brilliantly right yeah. because there is no need of you can't even picture a vocal pattern going over it however lost for words uh to me the song is pretty formulaic in structure and you can immediately think of what kind of a vocal line will go over it and it, and it begs me to ask why wasn't a vocal line attempted or if it was attempted then why didn't we ever get to hear it or something of that sort can i play with madness on the other hand is one of maiden's classics it's one of the most popular songs and really it's um not that um what am i trying to say here essentially it is pretty flawless unless you were to really nitty pick it which i won't considering it's going up against lost for words which to me isn't a perfect song so yeah for me definitely can i play with madness what about you pete but i still remember as a kid listening to lost for words and just kind of wondering like wait is this the same band <laughs> what happened <laughs> what happened to their vocalist <laughs> kind of thing but yeah i i i mean when you pit both tracks against each other it's a no brainer for me man can i play with madness classic maiden track i mean it's one of those tracks i'm pretty sure anyone can if you have to introduce iron maiden to you definitely have these as one of the top 5 tracks at least or definitely so yeah man for me can i play with madness of course nolan back to differ uh no actually i'll i'll i'm going with can i play with madness as well but uh, the thing is <coughs> i i like lost words i mean it's i think it's a pretty good instrumental of course it's not the best <coughs> that honor goes to genghis khan from killers which is <laughs> which is unfuckable so uh, but the thing is you know uh, on power slave i think power slave was actually steve aris's best you know that it's the entire album has some of his best bass playing i think it has his best bass playing among all of maiden's discography even though i prefer seventh son and even though powerfully wasn't really in my top 5 maiden albums um but i still prefer seventh son over powerfully overall but as far as bass playing goes i think powerfully tops them all and <clears throat> you can hear it in lost forwards especially and in the uh, next few tracks as well but you know um this is on this album steve steve harris basically took center stage and on lost forwards you can actually see him i mean he basically runs the entire show it's it's all him uh, yeah even, even in the subsequent songs when when the vocals take a back seat and it's you know it's just instrumental sections he's basically he's almost like a lead lead guitarist you know but <laughs> playing the bass but yeah it's it's a it's a good song it's unfortunately it's the weakest on power slave But having said that, I think "Can I Play with Madness" is the weakest song on Seven Sun. And but <laughs> but I love uh, but I love "Can I Play with Madness." It's, it's a killer song. It was the first Iron Maiden video I ever watched uh, when I was I think I was ten years old. And I, you know, that video was so killer. You know, this guy going down into that crypt and you know he meets that old <laughs> old dude and all, all that stuff. It was so cool. And so yeah, I have to go with "Can I Play with Madness" for sure. All right so that's a clean sweep for can i play with madness which moves us on onto song numbers 4 flash of the blade versus the evil that men do i think nolan should take this one <laughs> man here this is this is there's, there's no contest actually i mean there's no flash yeah blade, flash of the blade great song but come on evil that men do is absolute stone cold classic i mean yeah. 
I don't think I mean the I don't even think I mean can write a better song than that yeah <laughs> <laughs> That song has to me that song has everything I mean if I, if I could ever write as she asked me to choose a metal song I could write out probably pick that one you know among a few others and that was actually the song that I <laughs> when they came down to India the first time that was the song that got me into tears the first time <laughs> when that yeah opening melody kicked in i just started bawling like a baby you know <laughs> and yeah. and there was a guy next to me he's like are you okay i'm like just fuck off man <laughs> <laughs> and i'm pretty sure man i mean the first time uh, maiden came down yeah 30 or 1000 i'm pretty sure they, a lot of people <laughs> got wet tied man <laughs> listening i can't believe you had that reaction because that's the same reaction i had too uh the evil that men do i don't know there's Uh, that was the first made in video uh, that i saw because uh, that was on part of uh, uh, live in donington and i had that vcd with me so i ended up watching the evil that men do that live performance was killer and it's just there's there's something so magical about the tune the chorus the solo everything it's the perfect metal song uh, one of i think it's by far my favorite made in tune from this era uh definitely the evil that men do wins it for me uh flash of the blade mm, it's it's okay i mean it's an average maiden song but having said that an average maiden song is still better than most metal songs that are so yeah clear winner for me in this one either evil that men do i I'm just surprised you're looking at me or kind of <laughs> waiting for me man come on evil that men do of course it's a clean sweep uh flash of the blade yeah and and that's the thing a lot of i've realized when we're doing these retrospects in there is that a lot of times the first impression that you have of an album or a song it sticks to you but when you look back and you kind of really wonder and then again when you compare songs like these come on dude evil that men do i'm pretty sure every indian band probably still tries to figure out how the hell can i <laughs> sound that good yeah 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 <laughs> it's one of the tests if you are ever wanting to become an iron maiden cover band how great how well you can pull that song off okay so that one's a clean sweep too let's move on on to track number 5 uh it's actually a duel now the duelists very bad pun but the duelists versus seventh son of a seventh son nolan go first okay this is this is going to be weird i mean not weird i mean seventh son clear favorite i mean that that's probably i mean that song is i mean at the darkest best i mean it's just it's just incredible i i remember as a kid uh listening to that song going to school and you know everyone was so happy and smiling and blah blah and all that is it was sunny outside and i would listen to the song and i would just be like fuck i hope you know i hope the earth swallows you guys up and stuff <laughs> <laughs> and, and and i mean it's it's such an epic song the lyrics are so i don't know this it's so mystical and so dark it 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 just draws me in every single time and you know the instrumental section after the after the vocals are done it's just incredible it's, it's almost like you know you're running through a maze in these catacombs beneath the earth and these hooded figures are after you and all that stuff you know it, it's it, i can't even begin to tell you the amount of uh, 
the, the images it put into my head you know when i was a kid it it pretty much kick started not kick started but it pretty much solidified my my love for all these creepy crawly things and you know on the darker side of life basically but and of course yeah i prefer any day to the duelist but having said that the duelist in my opinion is actually one of iron maiden's most underrated songs it's it's <clears throat> the bass playing on this particular song is off the charts if you listen to the bass playing very closely it's one of steve aris's finest performances i mean it's the bass playing is absolutely nuts on this song the bass playing the harmonies the way the song ebbs and flows and it's just it's just a phenomenal song unfortunately most people don't know about it they don't listen to it often they don't even talk about it but there's a mid section i think uh, right after the second verse yeah that solo section that entire instrumental section insane it's incredible that is it's a masterclass in heavy metal songwriting you know if you just it i can't even tell you how many times i've listened to that and you know i've, I've just been amazed at how they you know they just play the same thing over and over again but they just keep adding these small variations and everything just keeps sounding different like a cascade it's like a waterfall of heavy metal godliness <laughs> yeah completely agree with you on that but yeah overall seven sun definitely so it's it's a masterpiece of a song yeah for me um yeah i'm i'm just going to add on to what you say because the seven sun just manages to nudge uh, away from the duelists now here's the here's the cool thing both of these are are songs that are written by steve harris but why is why seven sun wins is because uh the duelists sounds like previous songs or previous song structures that steve harris has written before seven sun still manages to take it up a uh, by a notch which is the only reason why if you pit the two seven sun ends up winning by that very hair thin margin but uh you're completely right man that 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 mid section from the duelists um i would love to see that live it has so much energy it has it's it's perfect it's flawless yeah beautiful song but unfortunately it's pitted against seven sun and yeah between the two i would have to pick seven sun but that's only because we have this strict format about it yeah for me it's the same man and i'm wondering how much more i can add to what both of you've done because you guys have kind of uh, i'm just seeing both of you as steve harris fanboys <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man i mean like as as somebody whose first made an album was power slave when i'm listening or listening back to it and when you pit again for me it was no competition in a way also because sevitsad is far darker and again this is maybe me uh 20 years later kind of listening to the album and what my preferences are now but yeah seven sun for me man all right cool so another clean sweep that's three clean sweeps in a row for seven sun of a seven sun let's see if the next one manages to change that we have back in the village versus the prophecy peter begin back in the village for me man okay and why is that <laughs> again th- this is one of the things where i just feel nostalgia sake listening back to the album again also just brought back all of that and yeah i don't know how else because 
God, take it. <laughs> and he's reacting because I'm tallying the scores here and I just put back in the village tick mark for me too. Um, there's, again, one of Maiden's most deepest cuts because it's probably one of the few songs in which Maiden don't sound like Maiden. Uh, that opening riff is... Oh my God, that's not Maiden. That's like more... I, I don't know, but... Um, as a kid, when I was trying to learn or fine-tune my guitar playing skills and failing horribly at that, this was one of the riffs that I tried to play and after trying it maybe once or twice, decided to wholly give up because I just couldn't play it. And to date, I've never had the courage or the balls in me to go out and start trying to play that riff again. That And then you realize that the entire song or most of the guitar riffs in that song are that uh, that structure that's not a typical made in gallop at all yeah I mean, it, it's if you think about it and if you had to hear it as a single without listening it in the album would you consider it a maiden track only because of the vocals and yeah. eventually the bass and stuff on it but but yeah the, uh, that's one of the reasons why back in the village scores over the prophecy for me what about you nolan oh uh, yeah i mean um it's the same with me actually Back in the Village is actually one of my favorite Maiden songs because, uh, like you said, it's 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 different. It's it's not your typical Maiden song, but also because I kind of know where they're coming from because uh, I know they are they are big fans of seventies brands like the Who and mm-hmm. uh, UFO and you know all these bands free and <clears throat> and you can actually hear the influence in the song. It's kind of like it's almost like a Who riff sped up ten times, you know. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? It's sped up 10 times. <laughs> Have you tried playing this one? <laughs> it's, it's really fucking tough, man. I can't even play... I can't even play an A chord properly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I love that song. It's it's super energetic. It's it's It always gets me, you know, really pumped up. Having said that, <clears throat> The Prophecy is a phenomenal song. Really, again, really underrated, really underappreciated song. Uh, great, amazing lyrics actually, <clears throat> and it's again, it's got it's got a killer vibe to it. You know, the the prophecy has this very, it it's like a Dante's Inferno kind of vibe to it. Whenever I listen to it, I'm always imagining, you know, I'm I'm kind of like moving through these uh, nether worlds and you know, looking at people basically roasting in McDonald's leftover oil or something. <laughs> 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 but but I should add uh, this to what you're saying. That was one of the cool parts I feel about, you know, listening to music like this without, say, the internet or things like that. You were so immersed in these songs. And other than watching it on MTV or the music video that they put out, it was all up to your imagination. And yeah. that, was, that was one of the coolest parts is that you could keep kind of imagining and I'm sure if three of us had to listen to one of the songs and kind of share what we imagined, it would have been completely different. <laughs> but I have to add one thing with the prophecy, the the acoustic bit right at the end. Mm-hmm. That is, it is just, I, I mean, it's it's so beautiful. I can't even put it into words. You know, the the way the song ends, it's got the <clears throat> those twin acousticy bits. It's just gorgeous. But unfortunately. Back in the village has to do it for me. It's, it just nudges it, actually. Cool. So, yay. Clean sweep for 
power slave on this one which then brings us on to i'm guessing this one will be differentiated opinions power slave versus the clairvoyant nolan let's begin with you this is really tough i mean <laughs> i both songs but again for me i'll have to go with power slave power slave is again it's so dark it's so mystical it's 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 everything i love about i mean you know it's it's the darker side of iron maiden it it's of course the clairvoyant is as the clairvoyant is as dark as power slave you could say but power slave is is just epic it's huge it's a massive song that that mid section where it all slows down and the solo is to absolutely die for and you know the, i absolutely love the lyrics because it's got that whole egyptian occult theme to it yeah. and stuff it's it had a big influence on me personally that particular song and uh, yeah the clairvoyant also a super great song again you know very occult mystical lyrics and all that stuff great solo as well but overall i have to go with power slave it's just a it's a it's a beast of a song it's one of the best metal songs ever written in my opinion i agree with you and here's my take on this i wish power slave was on seven son of a seven son <laughs> i wish power slave and clairvoyant could swap positions i think they would work so much more better in either album i totally agree with you on that <laughs> what about you peter man power slave for me i mean nolan talked about the moment where he heard uh, the evil man that men do that's the exact moment i had when i heard iron maiden play power slave dude i was like and especially the chorus part I was like screaming around people around me were like who the hell does this guy think he is and, <laughs> but I didn't care like the entire time that they played that song I had I was completely one with the band if you want to yeah, call it that Yeah I completely agree with you yeah, on that yeah. and especially the part because again I th- I don't know how many times I've repeated this but as a 12 13 year old I think hearing Power Slave for the first time it just completely transforms you and yeah man watching them play that live it was something else completely cool so that's two sweeps in a row for power slave which leaves us with the last song on either album track number 8 the rhyme of the ancient mariner versus only the good die young let me begin with this i'm not even going to attempt at doing any kind of comparison over here i'm going with rhyme end of story best epic one of the best epics made in ever written the second longest song in their discography and each and every second of it is excellent i i, I yeah there's no there's no there's no comparison with only the good die young here sorry i'm just going to say with <laughs> go with animation <laughs> dude i i there's i think the first time i heard it i had to like re-listen to it and check if there was something wrong with that burn cd and i was like wow this is the same band and you know one of the things even though it's their lo- second longest song it just managed to, just to capture your attention i mean of course i was only listening to cd i was not distracted by anything and it just has you hooked and you know that that was one of the things i think where i fell in love with iron maiden it's just the whole storytelling the whole thing about it because again i probably have seen the pictures and stuff like that so you're like 
wait, it's these guys who are singing about stuff like this. Okay, what is this story? What is this whole thing? Yeah, it introduces about? literature to us. Yeah. I mean, hats off to Maiden. They are one of the only few musical acts that have led me to discover and read about so many other new topics. Yeah. And it's all thanks to beautiful songs like Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, yeah. which is based off a poem. Yeah. Nolan, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I'm I'm actually in the extreme minority here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is one of the greatest epic songs ever. One of the greatest epic metal songs ever written. Flawless song, everything. I mean, of course, it's it's it is what it is. It is it's Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. You can't you can't fault it. But for me personally, only the Good Die Young is actually one of my all-time favorite Maiden songs. It's, okay. So uh, it's to me it's one of the most uh, compelling. It's it's one of the most. Uh, I don't know how to say it. It it makes me feel differently. You know, it 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 invokes a unique feeling in me. I don't even know how to explain it. The lyrics are so, <clears throat> you know, they're so. It it kind of they got under my skin. They still get under my skin. You know, it's it's like the song starts off with these pretty melodies and it it has a very slightly upbeat melancholy twin harmony running through the song but the the verses are really dark and the lyrics are almost like you know dickinson's kind of taunting you and i i especially love the line at the end where he says have a good sin i mean mm-hmm. that line to me you know <laughs> when he's the way he says it and you know as as a teenager and you listen to the stuff you're just like fuck yeah i'm going to have a good sin <laughs> <laughs> so wait so wait so wait I'm not being able to understand which of the two you're picking. So I I'm, I'm going with only the good die young because just just for the fact that it it I don't know it just makes me feel a a way that other maiden songs don't make me feel you know it's 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 to me it's unique it it makes me feel differently compared to everything else yeah I I can't really explain it Okay cool so that's so far the songs let's 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 just talk about the artwork between the two which artwork would you prefer and why <laughs> that's a no brainer for me which one is it power, power slave by by a mile i mean power slave is one of it's probably the best made in artwork in in the entire discography the the detailing the the way it looks i mean it's just killer it's just a, it's 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 incredible you can stare at i mean i've stared at that cover for like i i don't think i've read books that long you know been <laughs> <laughs> up all night just looking at looking at the cover and like you know i i saw i saw power slave on a tape and of course it was the, the, the sleeve was so tiny i actually had to get a magnifying glass and you know like go in do all these small details i was like wow this is so cool you know So here's some interesting fact I found online while doing research about the artwork because of course for me also it's Power Slave uh that I prefer and considering I went to a Catholic boy school I couldn't really have the Seven Son of a Seven Son CD cover around it. Why not? Because you had like a guy holding his guts. <laughs> yeah, but come on, it's not like it's not like a cannibal corpse artwork or something of that sort. But this is me before listening to Cannibal Corpse, so of course. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll give it to you. So the cool fact I found that on the cover, there are phrases like bollocks, 
Indiana Jones was here 1941. What a load of crap. What? No Guinness. And this is all written in helographics. Of course, yeah, there's also a drawing of Mickey Mouse. And I found that fucking hilarious because here, you know, you think of and we're discussing how like evil and mystical and stuff like that. But here these guys are taking a piss on everyone with their artwork. And yeah, yeah, no, but but yeah, I, I, I agree with both of you on this. The power slave artwork. Um, yeah, that's that's iconic. That's yeah. That is iconic. That's what's plastered on. That's what ended up being the inspiration for um, Live After Death and so many other maiden tours and maiden merchandise. Yeah. Then just fits that whole Egyptian vibe that uh, maiden somehow does tend to get known for. Yeah, so completely on the artwork, you just get lost in the Power Slave artwork, which unfortunately the Seventh Sun artwork doesn't really do. Okay, so that's album artwork. Anything else you want to add in this, Nolan? Yeah, actually, you know, the Seven Sun artwork, uh, I, I, I still think it's great. I mean, it's great because it's so minimalistic. But, you know, um, if, you, if you actually take the entire artwork, the front and the back, and you spread it out, then it mm-hmm. looks like, I mean, it looks a lot better than just the front image. You know, Correct. I think you see yeah. it, like with all the weird mountainous things and all that stuff, you know, it, it's just it's it's so it's so it's like from another dimension almost <laughs> okay so i'm just going to quickly tally up our numbers at the moment okay because after that uh, after all this is trying to be a slightly more formalistic process if you were to go by songs alone weirdly enough uh power slave has four wins and seven sun has four wins so that's a hung jury however if you look at the number of yeses each one of us has given, then Seven Sun manages to score ahead because it has 13 yeses as opposed to Power Slave's 11 yeses. Okay, so that's a that's like a hung jury over there. If you bring in the artwork along with it, then then the entire thing like obviously it topples to Power Slave because now Power Slave has five versus Seven Sun's four. <laughs> and that doesn't sit well with me <laughs> because Se- Seven Sun is clearly a better album. And that's you know, how these things go, you know. <laughs> okay, okay. So let me pull out a wild joker from my hat. Let's talk about overall album experience. Then this is, I'm just alluding to what I said earlier. And I think this happened to me on the Panthera episode also where we did uh, the retrospective. When I overall listen to Power Slave, as much as I love the album being, you know, it's the first full Iron Maiden album I heard and stuff like that. There's a reason why a few of the songs, or quite a few of the songs I preferred, Seven Sun to a Seven Sun. So yeah, Seven Sun over Seven Sun, yeah. So yeah, man, overall album, I go with Seven Sun, man. You go with Seven Sun? Yeah. Okay. For me, it's a very simple test. My test to pick which album I prefer always goes back to how many times do I end up listening to that entire album without skipping any songs. And I've heard Seven Sun numerous times more than I've heard Power Slave in entirety without skipping any of the tracks. For me, it's, it's Seven Sun is the better album musically, even though the artwork may not be that immersive. But yeah. 
it's completely Seventh Son. It's also the album that kind of templates what future Maiden uh, yeah. becomes because now you have Maiden doing so many epic songs as such and all of them have uh, their own um, imagery and their own storytelling attached to it, which I think Maiden kind of got hooked on to with Seventh Son, which was the first yeah. ever um, concept album, or s- if yeah. you can call it that, for Maiden. So, yeah, and also they managed to bring in keyboards over there and the entire band just definitely is trying to break away and go beyond what they've done and that's clearly shown on the album and I think that's something that the band uh, realized that they can do with it and hence have... It's basically Seven Sun has gone on to uh, show Iron Maiden what the future held for them. Which is why for me, Seven Sun is the better overall album. Yeah, it's it's the same for me. I mean, I've listened to Seven Sun way more times than Power Slave. Um, and, you know, Power Slave, great album, of course. But like you said, you know, it's somewhere in the middle, they lost for words and Flash of the Blade and so on. So it, there's like a dip, you know. But yeah. Seven Sun doesn't really have this dip in the middle. It it just flows from start to end. It's like it's like drinking a fine whiskey, you know. It just it just flows, and um, personally personally speaking, Seven Sun is the darker album. It's more interesting. It's it, it's the themes, the the songwriting, the the epicness of the entire album. It it just appeals to me a lot more. It's it's it appeals. It hits all the right buttons, and especially when I was growing up, uh, and I was getting really into you know. Uh, reading about a lot of the darker side of stuff you know all all these uh, all these occult books and all this <laughs> stuff and and I was I mean Seven Sun was the soundtrack to all that you know and uh, it's it, it one thing about Seven Sun it always it always transported me to another place no matter where I listen to it if I listen to it in, the, in a bus or in in a car or uh, no matter where I put my Walkman on and man it would just take me away Power Slave on the other hand it had like these like Aces High 2 Minutes to Midnight Back in the Village these are more I would say they're, they're rock and roll tracks you know it's kind of like you're going out drinking with your friends and you know you're like oh yeah let's have a good time let's put on these songs and all that stuff but Seven Sun it's more like it's it's a very personal experience it, it's an intimate experience it's almost like it's almost like you're going to visit this Visit this uh, shaman or this uh, <laughs> clairvoyant, if you will, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and you're having a one-on-one session with this person, and you know he or she reveals all these <clears throat> things about your past and your future, and all these, you know, it's just so cool. The entire thing, the atmosphere it creates and stuff. So yeah, seven sun definitely. If you were to tally numbers, we have a hung jury again, but. It's pretty clear that it's Seven Sun that's the better album, yeah. right? Do we can we all agree on that, or should we just take the easy cop out, which is, oh no, it's all good music, it's great music at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, Seven Sun is a better album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Seven Sun is a better album. Yeah, yeah. This is the cool part about kind of getting into the bands that you really enjoy. It's strange that I, uh, but overall, I think worldwide, I think more people prefer Power Slave. I think that's because Power Slave, as you rightly said, Power Slave is more accessible. 
it's more of a party album than Seven Sun is. Seven Sun requires effort. It requires yeah. it requires you to pay attention to it a lot more. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Can I Play With Madness is the only track on Seven Sun which you could consider a drinking song, you know, something you could probably yeah. sing along to with your friends and blah, blah. But the rest of it is kind of, you know, it's like you sit around and you're like, mm, who's playing the spooky music, man? <laughs> 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 all right so there you have it the first ever verses on horns up and it ended up being pretty pretty decisive yeah i mean and that's only because we pulled out the wild joker at the end about the album experience but uh yeah at the end of it seven sun emerging the better album when compared to power slave so nolan the big question is when are we doing the next Iron Maiden Versus and which album should we do? You tell me, I'm up for anything. Thank you so much, Nolan, for taking time out. Uh, it's For all of you who don't know, we're recording this at the ungodly hour of midnight. Yeah. We've already passed two minutes to midnight. It's yeah. well <laughs> past midnight now. But uh, yeah. Uh, oh no, yeah, of course, sorry. Hey, uh, are we expecting something big from Crypto soon? I think we should. We we had to sneak that question in, Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> Our album's coming out in June, June twenty first. So it's not going to be as good as Seven Sun. So don't worry. <laughs> no man, but we'd love to uh, have you on and chat about the album and what this is. Album number four, yeah, right? Yeah, but but I'd rather talk about Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> album number yeah. five. Sorry. Bef- yeah. yeah. Bef- bef- before the before the Germans steal you for their annual tour <laughs> yep album number five this is our power slave <laughs> <laughs> which means album number seven is not far away <laughs> all right so uh nolan where can people get in touch with you if they ever feel like getting in touch with you twitter instagram something of that sort yeah i mean facebook instagram uh wherever possible mine I think my number's on the net anyway because all sorts of weirdos keep calling me. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Twitter handle? I'm not on Twitter actually. On on Instagram, I'm Starbreaker six nine six. Don't ask. And Peter, you're obviously. I'm Trend Crusher on most of my social media profiles. And I'm at Asmohani only on Twitter. You can reach out to Horns Up on Twitter at Horns Up Pod. Once again, Nolan, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, man, thanks a lot. And Horns Up. Cheers, cheers. It was awesome.